You are listening to the Fresh Approach Weight Loss Surgery Podcast with me, your coach, Mary Clark, 17-year bariatric surgery educator and advocate, and for the last seven years, a weight loss surgery patient. Here, we focus on the bariatric surgery guidelines in a fresh way, creating successful and peaceful weight loss surgery journeys. Stop trying to fit your life into weight loss surgery. It's the other way around. Weight loss surgery is a part of your life. So whether you're just getting ready for surgery or had it six months or six years ago, it's never too early or too late to live your healthiest and happiest life with weight loss surgery. Welcome back. I hope you're having a great summer. Listen, you know, I talk a lot about um, here on the podcast and uh, if you get my emails, if you're in my email community and in the Fresh Approach Facebook group, I talk a lot about that framework of what happens when you have a plan, a plan for your day, and then things come up, things happen in life, things happen at work, things happen with your family, and then all of a sudden your plan is blown to pieces. I use the term bumps in the road, and that's actually from the ASMBS, which is the American Society for Metabolic and Bariatric Surgery, because they use that term. They suggest uh, on their website where it says life after bariatric surgery, they suggest that patients should be prepared for bumps in the road. And so my question is always, how? How were we supposed to do that? So many of us find us in the position of trying to figure out how to deal with bumps on the road after surgery, because before surgery, we're just super focused on having surgery, right? Losing the the weight that we have to and getting all of our stuff in order, our vitamins and the hospital and the insurance and the tests, and to also think about how we're going to deal with, um, how we're going to all of a sudden develop new coping skills or stress management techniques. How are we supposed to do that before surgery, right? So I empathize with you because I didn't know how to do that either. I had to learn after surgery. So I want to talk with you now about something that I was definitely doing um, before I had weight loss surgery. And it turns out, looking in my past weight loss attempts, I'd been doing it probably my entire adult life because my entire adult life was spent trying to lose weight. And by working with a coach, I was able to see how actually I had been repeating this pattern that I'm going to explain to you right now, my entire dieting life, among other things. So this is just one of the things. And really, it's a layered effect. You know, so many things, you know, not making myself a priority, um, never making time for myself, saying yes to everybody else. And what I'm going to talk about now was another layer on what led to my morbid obesity and all the medical conditions that I had on top of that. So one of the times that I did Weight Watchers, it was actually the very first time. And this was in... I think I joined in the early 90s. I'm thinking it was like 91 maybe that I joined Weight Watchers. I love my little Weight Watchers calculator I had then. Anyway, um, and I think I had 70, 80 pounds to lose and I followed it to a T and I used my little, um, it wasn't points then. I think we had little bubbles if you filled it in in a book or something and I had the calculator and I remember there were... um, 
essentially, I guess, points now that you could carry over from week to week. Anyway, I loved it. And I followed it to a T and I did really well. So that first year I lost, I don't know, probably 30, 40 pounds. So the second year I had another 30 to 40, 30 to 40 pounds to go. So I got bored with it. And I figured out a way to do my own thing, but I appreciated the weekly weigh-in to make sure that I was still doing well. Um, that second year, I think it was must have been, yeah, 1992 then, I got together with my uh, boyfriend, who is now my ex-husband. But And what I would do is I would essentially eat nothing or practically nothing Monday through Friday evening. And then I would eat almost anything I wanted Friday evening to Sunday afternoon. Then Sunday night, I guess I would go back on it till Friday afternoon. So I think I did that for a whole year. And guess what? I reached goal weight. I wasn't really following Weight Watchers. I was doing my own thing, but I was using the weigh-in. Anyway, let me cut to the chase. What ended up happening was that I was in this constant especially that Sunday night through Friday, working on how little can I eat? How much can I work out so that I could still reduce the weight? It consumed me. And I don't care how tired I was. And at that time, I was a single mom with two little boys working full time. Um, if it was, if I was busy with the kids and doing laundry and cleaning the house, and then if I was not working out until 1130 or 12 o'clock at night, that's when I was doing my step aerobics. That's when I was doing that. And I'd get up, you know, at six o'clock in the morning and just keep going. So I wasn't following the plan and it wasn't a very healthy way to do it, but I was sort of consumed with it. So, gosh, I said I'd cut to the chase and here I am. So here's what happened when I reached goal weight. I remember I weighed myself. Um, oh, at the time, I wasn't working in a I wasn't working in a bariatric surgery program per se. I was working in a bariatric surgery office. I actually ran a pain management program and we shared office space with a bariatric surgery program, right? The irony, right? I was there when they're they're doing all the teachings and the education and I'm over here doing this crazy diet thing anyway. All right, so here's the, I knew I was going to reach goal weight because I'd weighed myself um, Friday. That's why I told you about the bariatric surgery office. They had the great scales. I weighed myself on that scale and I'm like, you're there. I think I was like a pound under. And so I went into Weight Watchers that Saturday morning knowing I reached goal weight. Yeah, I did. I reached goal weight. I know they did the whole, I don't know, what did I get? A medal? A pin, I don't know, whatever I got. It was like the whole thing. And I'm like, I reached goal weight. And I remember being very happy there and then leaving sad, just, and I, looking back and, and I'm able to recall some of it, it was sort of that feeling of, so what happens now? And yes, I know Weight Watchers, I'm sure did the whole thing and I'm sure they still do. You reach, um, you know, they have a maintenance plan, but the maintenance plan didn't seem like enough for me, meaning was that going to consume enough of my time and enough of my energy and mind space? No, I had to go through this extreme thing where I was doing all of this, you know, rigmarole. Anyway, my boyfriend takes me out that night to celebrate me reaching goal weight. And we go out to a restaurant. Now we'd go out to restaurants every weekend, but this is now a celebration. It's got a point of me reaching goal weight. And I don't think in ever in my adult life had I reached goal weight, right? That was the first time. So 
we go to the first restaurant. I remember it was a restaurant um, um, in Universal City. So that's Universal Studios in Los Angeles. We go, they bring us the menus. I had like a panic attack. I could not even look at the menu. I essentially told him, I can't order anything off of here. But we had been there before. But we had been there before when I was in this mindset of, oh, I'll just eat whatever I want because I have this hard work of starving myself throughout the week. That's fine. I can eat whatever I want now. We we had to leave the restaurant. We go to a second restaurant, heading back towards my house. I do the same thing. We go to a third restaurant closer to my house. And we go, I excuse myself. I walk out. He has to come looking for me. And you know where he finds me? Sitting on the curb in the parking lot, just crying because I didn't know how to, I guess, order off a menu and like now live normally you're at goal weight. My entire life, I mean, I was an overweight, obese child from much of my childhood and teenagehood. So I didn't know what this meant to be a normal weight. And looking back now and after working with a coach on this and just talking about some of this, I'm able to see how I was using it as where I wanted to put my energy and my focus. And I didn't want to, I think, deal with the other things that were going on in my life. And so I got to focus on losing weight, losing weight. I have to lose weight. I have to lose weight. But when I had already lost it, I didn't know how to handle that anymore. Does this sound crazy to you? Um, I have found out since that I'm not the only person this has happened to. I have talked to many other people who've had weight loss surgery or have just lost large amounts of weight who felt that way that what do you do once you're at that normal weight? Like where does all your energy go? And especially if you spent your whole life obese and trying to lose weight, what do you do now? Where I'm going with this, it's almost along the lines of what we were talking about with if Ellen hands you that check that has your perfect, your goal weight and your goal size on it, what do you do now? You've got it. Now what are you going to do with your life? For this, when you look at this as another one of those layers of a bump in the road, things that could be getting in your way, if you're not spending so much time and energy researching dwelling on it, lamenting over it. What am I going to do about my weight? What would you do with all that time? Is it doing something else in your life? Is there a reason you're almost holding on to this project or this process of trying to lose weight and making it a project or such a focus in your life? That's why I like to say, you know, weight loss surgery is not your whole life. Weight loss surgery is a part of your life. You are a human being who happened to have weight loss surgery because so much when I first start talking with people, working with people, that's the whole focus. And that's why you hear me, especially in the Fresh Approach Facebook group and in my emails, I talk about creativity and what else are you doing for yourself? Because your whole life can't be just around following these guidelines. Then what other life do you have? What else are you doing? All right, let me fast forward to when I saw this was a pattern in my life. Um, and I had this video up for a while in the Fresh Approach Facebook group when I talk about owning your obesity story. And I also talk about owning your weight loss surgery story. And what I mean by owning your obesity story is what are all the things that really led to it? And, you know, at, at first it's easy to, to only make it that one layer of I didn't make myself a priority. I put everyone's needs before myself. And certainly I've told that as my story 
but now knowing that wasn't all of it. When, when I, those couple years, few years, well, yeah, I guess three or four years or such leading up to when I had surgery, I had been diagnosed with um, hypothyroidism, rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia. Um, I had fatty liver disease and gosh, if you look, there was something else. Oh, <laughs> yes. Um, God, I didn't even do that trip for dramatic effect. I seriously forgot that one. I was an insulin dependent diabetic. And, and this is not for me to laugh about it, but the fact that that was the biggest one for me, but that I would remember it last. But even before I was an insulin dependent diabetic, my rheumatoid arthritis was so bad, um, I would have to be iced down at night so that I could even fall asleep. Rheumatoid arthritis to the point of needing Humira injections. So I had a lot going on. After surgery, when I was able to reflect back and really own my obesity story, what it wasn't just the, oh, I put everyone first before me. That was one part of it. But what was the rest? At the same time that all this was going on, my marriage was imploding. And I realized that if I had, if I pulled myself into this or my husband into focusing on this and not focusing on our disintegrating marriage, um, if I could just focus on, oh my gosh, now I need humor injections and now I need insulin injections and oh, my rheumatoid, the, all of these other things. And I'm not saying that, that this is what I did you know, that like I was holding on to them. I mean, they were real conditions I was diagnosed, but I feel like going back and especially with the diabetes, I wasn't doing enough to get rid of them because it gave me something else to focus on. And when I say get rid of them, I mean to take care of myself, which was losing the weight. Um, it gave me something else to focus on instead of focusing on my family falling apart. And what was my husband really doing that late at work? right? What was he really doing when he said he was, you know, somewhere else? It's like I almost put it out of my mind and I decided to focus on this. So you may think this is an extreme example, but I'm telling you my story. And even though it may seem extreme to you, like, wow, was she really doing that to not deal with her marriage? Can you see any of it, even a small part, how that may work in your life? I mean, that's why I tell you my stories, the stories of clients, the stories of other weight loss surgery friends, so that you can see a part of it. And while that story may not fit exactly your story, of course, it's not going to fit exactly, but you might be able to see like, wow, I, I remember doing that, you know, when I was on such and such diet, you know, in the early 2000s or the late 90s, I sort of did that. You know what I did with Weight Watchers, which was I really did my own thing. When I hit goal weight, I didn't know what else to focus on. So I essentially gained the weight so I could keep losing it and go through that process. What was I doing? And what right before weight, before I had weight loss surgery, it was such a focus on all of my medical conditions because they were serious and they were plentiful, right? That, well, I have so much to focus on. Of course, I can't deal with my marriage. Of course, I can't get real with what's really going on here and why I can pretend I don't know what's happening or I can't see what's happening. I've got, I've got kids. I've got a job. I've got medical conditions to deal with. How, how can I deal with that too? It was like an excuse. So what I'm saying to you is if you can look at how much time you spend worrying about 
the regain or the plateau, or if you just recently had surgery, worrying about, am I going to make it? Am I going to be able to um, continue with these lifestyle changes? Am I going to be able to manage all of this? How much brain capacity and energy, you know, mental energy, emotional energy that you use, maybe how much time you're talking to your spouse or your partner about it, or your friends or your kids or your parents or whomever is in your life, how much time you spend researching what would this work should I go see another dietitian should I try and do the carbs this way and that's fine to adjust your diet and really being in tune with that but at some point pay attention to how much this takes up of your life and when you think about that intrinsic motivation and what you say you really want for your life and that you want to go live and experience more life Is there any reason you would be holding on to this process, this project of losing weight because you either maybe don't know what you're going to do once you have more time or you're going to be faced with dealing with other things? Like for me, it was, well, guess what? Once my medical conditions improved or went away after I had surgery, there's nothing I could do but face my disastrous marriage, which if you know my story, three months after I had surgery, when I was just getting used to it and into the flow of things, I, I guess I did make the the final call, but um, my marriage ended. And then I really had to look at it. And for me, that was the double, the double whammy of wanting to do well with my surgery, knowing that this was the critical year for major weight loss that after this year was up, I wouldn't get it back, but I was doing it with the simultaneously with the stress and how to cope with the end of my 19 year relationship and, um, everything my kids were going through and all of that, come on, that divorce, financial, legal fallout, all of that stuff that happens at the same time. And if you don't my whole know my whole story, I mean, that's when I went so deep and that's how I came out on the other side wanting to go even deeper, why I became a life coach because I had no other choice. I couldn't use the food. I couldn't do what I used to do because I had just had weight loss surgery. I had no other choice but then to do the mind work, which is what I did, and the heart work. And that's how I came out on the other side. But again, back to what we're talking about is the, is, is there anything you see in my story, the Weight Watcher story or the story of, um, just really getting so involved with my medical conditions that I didn't pay attention to anything else that you can see that could one of the layers of why you have this regain of why you're at a plateau one, I'm not saying the whole reason, but could one piece of this puzzle have anything to do with your attachment to the process? And this may be hard for some of you to hear, but I know that I'm not the only one because I've mentioned it to enough people and heard, oh my gosh, I think I do do that, or I think that could be part of it. So I bet you that one of you out there, somebody listening right now is thinking, oh my gosh, I think I might do a little bit of it. And this is not to shame you, of course. This is to say, you're not alone. This is not to make you feel guilty, but to say you're not alone in this. But what I encourage you to do is find out what is it that I don't want to pay attention to in my own life? Or am I scared to go out and do that thing that I said I would do once I lost the weight? What is that thing? 
does that scare me to go out? And and I'm not saying that the go the uh, go jump out of an airplane thing. Which hey, if you want to, you go do that. You go do that. But what I'm saying is, well, I said I wanted to become a public speaker. I said I wanted to go back to school. I said I wanted to talk with my spouse about taking steps to improve our marriage. I said I would um, go for that um, promotion or I'd ask for that new position at work. And then that scares you. So if you stay in this constant, I'm at a plateau, oh, I've regained, could that be one of the layers of what's going on? Again, not the only layer not the only piece of the puzzle because there's lots of things you know when I talk about bumps in the road and when I work with clients one-on-one there's lots of pieces to that but could this be one of them could this be a bump in your road so I ask you the same way that I asked last week if, if Ellen handed you that check with your ideal weight and your ideal clothing size on it what you would do with your life then I ask you for possibly how much time you spend online in bariatric surgery or weight loss Facebook groups, other online groups, um, I can't, oh, obesity help, um, bariatric for, I can't remember the other one, uh, bariatric pal, um, some of these other online groups where you spend that time or you spend that time chastising yourself for not following through with your plan or you're looking for some new combination of protein and carbs or whatever it is or you're like oh well I heard so-and-so is trying that new protein water maybe that's the key and you're always looking for the latest and greatest thing start noticing how many times you're trying to change up the plan not because you've got real hard evidence of why this many this much protein this many carbs isn't working for you but just because things aren't working And you always think the answer is out there when the answer is in here. My friend, I got to tell you, guess what? The answer is almost always in here. Yes, I, you know, I spent how many years working in bariatric surgery with bariatric surgeons? So we always go with first, are there any physical medical reasons that you are regaining or plateauing? That you go talk to your surgeon first or your doctor. If you're this far with me, please know. Your doctor, your surgeon, they come first, okay? But if they say everything's in tip-top shape, this is just, you know, you've got to diet and exercise, whatever information they're giving you, then I'm going to tell you, my friend, the work is not out there. It's in here. And when I say in here, I'm now pointing to my heart. It's inside you. It's inside your mind, inside your soul and your heart. It's time to look at what else is going on that is driving that resistance to following through on the plan. Resistance, you know, one of my favorite, favorite authors on resistance is Stephen Pressfield. All right. And now that I've mentioned Stephen Pressfield, I just paused to go look up some of my favorite Stephen Pressfield quotes about resistance. And I want to mention something too. If, if you've been listening to my podcasts, um, you know that I've sort of changed the format. I'm freestyling it, if you haven't noticed. I I have the topic. I know what I want to talk about, but I'm coming at you unrehearsed. I have some of the points jotted down that I want to make, but I'm talking with you as if you and I were having a conversation. So if you can tell, I'm not editing out my pauses or my, um, or my ums. So... I'm bringing it to you as it comes to me, as if you and I were having a conversation. I'm just being real with you and telling you what's going on in my heart. 
Okay. But now I just looked up some of my favorite Stephen Pressfield quotes, and I want to share some of them with you. Resistance is directly proportional to love. If you're feeling massive resistance, the good news is it means there's tremendous love there too. If you didn't love the project that is terrifying you, you wouldn't feel anything. The opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. So even let's just talk about that. The project that you're working on is you. But I want you to have another project that you are going to love that follows this project. And yes, then we move into maintenance, which is why I told a client this morning. Oh my gosh. And I'm so excited for her. Anyway, she's got some great stuff going on. But um, I told her, I said, hey, it's daily work for me too. And it always will be seven years out every day. This morning when I went to go do my workout I've got a podcast here where I talk about piddle paddling. I was so piddle paddling because I didn't sleep as well last night for reasons I will not go into. But anyway, and I felt a little tired, but not tired enough to skip the um, to skip a workout. I mean, I would know it was just like, oh, I'm a little tired and I piddled and I paddled, but I knew what it was going on. And I was able to talk with myself and coach myself and say, look, I know I've got it scheduled. My schedule today is exercise in the morning. I know I'm a little tired, but not tired enough. There's no way I was going to, you know, play that on myself to skip an, a workout. So it was, okay, keep going. So I got my workout clothes on. I'm moving around the house. I'm taking too much time. And I know exactly what I'm doing. But I allowed myself that sort of time to move around and know that I would eventually get in there, get in my exercise room and go do that. But I was piddle paddling and I allowed it. I felt it coming and I went on with it. So I want you to have a project. Yes, the project that you're working on is yourself and your health, your mental, emotional, and physical health. And you love yourself and I want you to. But I, I want you to love yourself so much too that you have a bigger project after that. So you get to go, wait, now what are you going to do? What's the big project you're going to work on? With Instead of all that time and energy that you spend researching the latest, greatest combination of protein and carbs and the latest, greatest protein drink and exercise that and fitness that, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with that time? What are you going to research? What are you going to learn to do? What are you going to explore? This is intrinsic motivation, right? We talked about that with Ellen Check last week. What are you going to do with that ideal body weight? What are you going to do with your life at that perfect clothing size? What are you going to do when you're not spending all your time trying to figure out what to do next about your plateau or regain, right? Another quote from Stephen Pressfield, we're wrong if we think we're the only ones struggling with resistance. Everyone who has a body experiences resistance. So again, you're not the only one. We resist moving forward for different reasons. But here we're talking about it. We're talking about those bumps in the road. The more important an activity is to your soul's evolution, the more resistance you will feel to it, the more fear you will feel. Stephen Pressfield. So again, we have resistance to I think letting go of this whole process, what will we do after? What will we talk about after? What will I worry about after this? Maybe I'm going to have to pay attention 
to what's going on in my marriage, right? That was me. Maybe if I'm healthy enough and I'm just maintaining and I've got the hang of all this, I'm going to have to pay attention to the fact that I hate my job. Maybe I'm going to have to look at the fact that my relationship with my adult children is not what I want it to be, or that I don't like where I live, or whatever it is that, what is it do you think that maybe you don't want to look at in your own life that if you no longer have the project, the massive project of losing that 30 pounds and you're maintaining it instead of losing it, what's waiting for you? Is it something you want to get there or is it something you don't want to deal with? Do you see how that works? If it's something you don't want to deal with, can you see why you might hang on to the process or the project of trying to lose weight? But if you've got something you want to look forward to, how you acknowledge resistance and keep going anyway because you've got that intrinsic motivation. And I'll say this too. If you are hearing this podcast and you're thinking, Maybe there's something going wrong in my marriage or with my kids or whatever it is. This is when it's time to call your surgeon or doctor and get a referral to a mental health care professional so you can work on that and find out what might be going on because it could be getting in the way. It could be part of your bump in the road that you don't even think it has anything to do with your regain plateau or reaching your ideal weight. But maybe it does. And that's when it's time to talk to somebody. Remember, as a coach, what I do is I work with people, sometimes in tandem. I've got clients right now who also see psychologists. But if you are if you feel that you've got something that's got to be worked out with a mental health care professional, you do that first. And then I work with you once you've worked through that or while you're working through it. Because I work on sort of a go-forward process. Where you are, what could be coming up for, for you. So that's getting in your way of moving forward. Okay. Um, well, I'm really enjoying just coming and talking with you like this. I hope you're enjoying it too. It just feels more, um, just more natural. And I'm, I hope I'm making my points and that you can get an idea, I guess, of what it would be like to just sit down and talk with me. And I feel like I'm actually just sitting here talking with you and uh, being honest with you and sharing everything as it just sort of comes up for me in my heart and my soul and um, hoping that it touches something in you where you can acknowledge things and maybe make some changes. So what's my end goal? Remember is so that you can live your most peaceful life with weight loss surgery. It's weight loss surgery is a part of your life. It's not the whole thing. There are so many facets to who you are. Weight loss surgery being one of them. And I had weight loss surgery. And it's a part of my life, but it's not my whole life. Do you see? It's, I've got a life. And that's what I want for you. I want you to have, um, to be at peace when you are going after whatever it is you want for your life, but that you have a peacefulness about it. Because I believe when you have, when you, yes, you, when you have more peacefulness into how you approach things in your life, more peace then the people in your home will feel that peace from you, that they will have that, and that it spreads throughout our communities. And I know this is true because I've had so many clients come to me and already tell me when people in their immediate circles have come and told them after we've been working together a little while that they notice a change in them and how it's impacting their relationship. You know, mom, you know, I notice you, you know, you handle things differently now. You're more at peace, you know or to a sister or a coworker, there's something different about you. 
And it's because we're looking inside, not looking to the outside, working on having more peace within ourselves so that we can live, you know, just our healthiest, happiest, most peaceful lives, right? All right. Um, I've really enjoyed talking with you about this today and I hope it has helped and I hope you see that that if this is a bump in your road, if this is a layer of what's keeping you at plateau or not getting where you want to be with your regain, that you might take some of this and see, you know, what do I have to look at? Is it time for me to call my doctor to talk to a mental health care professional? What step do I need to take next so this is no longer a bump in my road? All right. Love, light, and grace to you.